Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, and welcome to the Employment First podcast. I'm Angela Yeager with Oregon's Employment First. Joining to me today is Brad Collins with the Office of Developmental Disability Services and Ashley Jobling with the Oregon Commission for the Blind's Vocational Rehabilitation Program. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Angela. Thanks, Angela. So first of all, I was hoping, Ashley and Brad, you could both tell our audience a little bit about yourselves and what you do in your current programs, and then maybe a little bit about your background. Um, We're going to be talking today about uh, how to create a plan for employment, so specifically your background as it relates to our topic today. Sure. Um, As you said, I'm with the Office of Developmental Disability Services. I'm one of the regional employment specialists um, throughout the state. And what I have the opportunity to do is in the region that I cover, which is from Eugene up to Salem, um, I get the opportunity to work with case management entities, which is the county DD programs and the brokerage programs and partner with vocational rehabilitation in the schools and um, provider agencies that are delivering employment services. And I've been doing this job for just a little over um, three years at this point. And what I did before that for 10 years was I was a vocational rehabilitation counselor um, out of the Springfield office um, and things. And so, you know, um, with that experience, I had the opportunity to do a lot of work um, through transition services and was also um, a VR IDD counselor, which gave me the opportunity to work with a lot of individuals that experienced um, intellectual and developmental disabilities. Great. Thank you, Brad. Ashley? Um, So again, my name is Ashley Jopling. I'm the Transition and Employment First Program Officer at the Commission for the Blind Spoke Rehab Program. And what that really means is I I get to work with all of our transition counselors and all of our um, vocational rehabilitation counselors to um, create innovative programs for our youth and for our consumers that have intellectual and developmental disabilities in addition to vision loss. Um, which is really fun um, in creating those programs to make sure that people have access to job opportunities and are able to build skills that are going to last the lifetime of their careers. I got into this great work because I wanted to help youth and veterans um, get to work. And so um, after graduate school um, training to be a mental health counselor um, and rehabilitation counselor, I got a job at the Veteran uh, Veterans Affairs, Department of Veterans Affairs. And I became a book rehab counselor there and I got to travel the world a little bit. Um, and I worked in Guam and then on Joint Base Lewis and McCord as a VR counselor um, working for veterans. And that then I came from there to um, the Oregon Commission for the Blind where I continued that work, but just with individuals that specifically had um, vision loss and legal blindness. Um, in addition to other kinds of disabilities too and helping them figure out what is it that they want to be when they grow up sometimes for the first time and sometimes rethinking that process all over again. Um, That's a little bit about me. Great. So you both have extensive experience uh, and in in the employment realm. And of course, today we're talking about how to create a plan for employment. So first of all, for our listeners out there, what is a plan for employment? Ashley, do you want to address that? Sure. Um, An individualized plan for employment, sometimes called an IPE, um, is is a, a roadmap really um, to what the vocational goal is for that individual. Um, And the vocational goal that's selected is consistent with um, an individual's strengths, resources, 
priorities, concerns, abilities, what their career interests are, and informed choice too. Um, and that so that sounds like a lot, but through partnership, that plan is developed together to come up with what that job goal is really going to look like. Um, and the plan lists how we're going to achieve that job goal. And so it's broken down into steps or also known as objectives, like what are the steps that it's going to take to achieve that vocational goal? And then what kind of services um, are going to be outlined on this individualized plan for employment so that we can complete those steps? Great. So, Brad and Ashley, how do you help somebody figure out what they want to do for work? I mean, that's really the fun part with it, because how do you help anybody figure something out? You have to get to know them. And when it comes to working with people, it starts from the first time that they connect up with, um, you know, somebody like a vocational rehabilitation counselor to really take a look at who am I? What do I want um, Mm -hmm. from work? What might I need to be able to be successful in work, meaning what types of supports um, and what would it look like? But it really depends of, you know, what experiences a person's had um, coming through. So all that gets looked at previous life experience, even, you know, through transition Mm -hmm. programs in schools or if they've worked before Um, and then, you know, how they experience their own disability. And, you know, every disability is different and every person Mm -hmm. experiences it in their own way. And so, um, you know, that's the fun part of being able to plan and take a look at what might be a good fit. And so there's a lot of interest um, inventories or testing or, you know, those types of things. But it's that whole exploration piece that Mm -hmm. really um, through getting to know the person, even um, through others that are involved in their life, um, could be a service coordinator, personal agent, transition teacher in school, family member, friend. um, But, you know, really helping take a look at that and then be able to look at different types of jobs out in the community. And so it might even have to do some experiences and everything, but you're really working at trying to figure out a vocational direction. And that's what you'd set as a vocational goal once you've done all that exploration piece. I completely agree, Brad. Um, I think that career exploration process can be really diverse and um, varied, just depending on the individual and what what's going on in their life and their journey. Um, for me, like one thing I want to know right away is what has this person been dreaming about? Like, what are their dreams? Like, given that there's no restrictions, even on like the physical properties of our planet and Earth, like what is it that they're dreaming? Do they want to fly? And if so, I want to know why. And I want to identify those themes that come up for them, because I think that will help us guide that process. And I think every individual you work with has dreams and it's just trying to figure out what those things are and then from there identify what the vocational goal is going to be. And then that could encompass all of the things that you just kind of outlined for us too through labor market research and going to visit job sites. I think understanding a person's why is huge um, and what that why means to them um, because they might say something and it is going to mean different um, from my perspective than what it means to them. So my job would be to help understand really what's driving them. Yeah. You know, that's the big part behind it. And, and, you know, the guiding principle, I think, for a lot of vocational rehabilitation counselors is that everybody is ready for something and honoring a person's experience. And really making that person-centered, yeah. Exactly. That's great. Um, And so speaking of dreams, so what do you do if someone comes in and they know exactly what they want to do. And they have a very firm 
idea of that? How do you create that plan for employment with uh, with an individual like that? Well, that's that's like a dream come true. <laughs> I want to hear about it. Um, I want to I want to get to know what that person's plan is and understand the why behind it. Just like we talked about, like why. Um, and sometimes um, it works out really perfectly. Like this plan is really easy to execute. And sometimes we discover more things too, just through doing a little bit more research about right. the goal. Um, we find out like why I wanted to be an astronaut. Um, I love that goal um, because a lot of people do want to be astronauts, right? But sometimes there's just things that keep us from doing that. But by doing a little bit more investigation, we might figure out through that initial plan if there's some underlying themes in there and if there's a way that we can physically get to that that goal and that dream. Um, so. so, yeah, do you sometimes have to create realistic expectations for people that they might not go straight into being an astronaut, for instance, for their first job? <laughs> yeah, because it really goes back to what both Ashley yeah. and I have been saying is what's behind the scenes? What, you know, what is driving a person to have an exactly. interest in a particular area and really figuring that out. But as we all do in our mm -hmm. life, sometimes we have to build to our dream job. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that's the other thing that a vocational rehabilitation counselor gets opportunity to do is to help a person plan for future down the road of, okay, this is my mm -hmm. end point, but maybe I might have to do this job that I know I'm going to transition out of to hone my skills further, gain further experience, be able to market myself more <clears throat> towards that dream job. Yeah, you know, like re, uh, recognizing the realities of the world we live in and some of the circumstances, too, is, is really important while still honoring the initial goal in the dream. I think that both can be achieved. So on the opposite end, what do you do if someone comes in and they have absolutely no idea what they want to do? They don't have work experience. Um, either maybe they've been in day programs, you know, their whole life and they're thinking about community employment for the first time or Maybe they've been in a sheltered workshop setting, but that doesn't necessarily lend itself to what they might want to do out in the community. But whatever the situation, they don't they don't know what they want to do. You're, you know, you feel like you're starting from scratch. What do you do? Well, I mean, a lot of this is just what people experience in general of, you know, I don't know what I want to do, but I want to do something. So where do we start? What have you done in the past, just in your day in, day out life? You know, what drives you? Um, what do you where do you love to spend your time? Exactly. Right? Like, what are your hobbies? Right. Like, figuring those things out will help us get to the picture of our career, too. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's that the evaluations that vocational rehabilitation counselors do are through conversations um, that those informal assessments of where we're really at can be really fruitful in determining where, where is it that we go next to explore these job goals. Well, yeah, because then even building towards concrete experiences out of, you know, whether it's a work experience, informational interview, a tour of a business, mm -hmm. um, because we all don't know what we don't know out there. So we have to have experiences. And so that's even one of the avenues of going and figuring out okay, what is going to be a vocational goal? We run through an evaluation process through um, experience-based We don't pieces. know what we don't know. How yeah. can you be excited about something that you've never known before? And so think that is a really, truly important thing to consider when somebody has no clue about what they want to do um, in their journey to their career path. And um, 
at the Commission for the Blind, we call it progressive employment because over time we progressively build upon our different work-based learning experiences to arrive at our job goal and and then the next job goal and then the job goal after mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. Um, through these smaller experiences of informational interviews. Yeah, and I think those work experiences are a good thing to highlight because I've heard numerous stories out in the field from, you know, VR counselors and providers, job developers who have gone out with people and they tried something, they thought that's what they wanted. You know, someone says, well, I like animals. Maybe I will start there. And then they worked, you know, they had a work experience at a, at a an animal shelter and the person said, oh my gosh, this is way too chaotic and loud. And I really disliked it. And they ended up working in an office and finding that that was actually a much better work environment for that person. But, you know, they didn't know, like you said, until they didn't know what they didn't know. So you got to get out and try things. And an informational interview is a great way or a job tour. They don't cost anything. You know, a lot of times people can go do that themselves. And um, thinking about how almost, you know, everybody gets a job. We always have to start somewhere. Maybe it's, you know, when we are in high school, we're volunteering at an animal shelter, I love, love that example, and we realize I don't, I don't necessarily like cleaning um, cat cages. Yeah. Yeah. I like my dog at home, but maybe I don't want to do this all day. I, I realized right away in high school that I did not want to be a veterinarian because it broke my heart too much to give cats shots. Oh, so, so I, that wasn't I, for you. I had to change my dream, and that was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's a reflection of each each of our. Our experiences in life, you know, our dreams um, can change and that's okay. So what about people with more significant support needs? How do you meet those needs during the planning process? With my experience, what I've done is a lot of times, um, you know, obviously working with the person themselves, but the rest of the team that they have around them, because a lot of times a person with significant um, support needs does have, you know, whether it be family involvement, support system involvement, but it's, you know, really Mm -hmm. building um, and pulling in their team to take a different look at, okay, we're pursuing employment, what would that mean? And, you know, what would we be able to really focus on? And, um, you know, vocational rehabilitation counselor could look at all the medical documentation and, you know, all Mm -hmm. those different pieces, but really tell the story behind the paperwork comes from visiting with the person and their supports around them to really get a true sense of where should we start. I agree. It, it, um, it takes a collaborative effort from key members of that individual's life, you know, whether it be a personal support worker, a service coordinator, a personal agent, um, even, um, you know, a friend, a really good friend or an advocate um, that know that individual really well. And then identifying what does this person need to be successful so that they can be them best, their best selves during this planning process. Is it a quiet space? Is it an interpreter? Is it just more time? Or is it time broken up into smaller pieces? Because then that person can bring their themselves to that process and be able to communicate in a way where we're getting... Something. Right, because yeah. it's really then the process adapting to the person. Exactly. And because everybody's going to, you know, have different needs. And so you're not trying to fit somebody into the employment process. You're trying to fit the employment process to work with that person in a productive way. That's a great way to put it, Brad. So so I'm hoping you can each share a story about supporting a person with significant needs, build an employment plan. Ashley, can you start? 
Absolutely. Um, I want to share a story, uh, a transition story. So youth that was coming out of an, a secondary school um, transition program and was referred to our vocational rehabilitation program at the Commission for the Blind um, during his last year of school um, so that he could find a, find a, a job um, once he was done with their program. And in order to develop that employment plan, um, we were able to, to determine that person was eligible. And um, I knew that after our intake that I needed to know more information um, in order to really hone in on what that employment goal was. Um, the family had some ideas, the youth had some ideas. Um, and, um, and so we, we really got the whole team at the table. And so that means we, we met again at the school and um, were able to really fully understand all of his interests, um, abilities, aptitudes, and work experiences. Um, I, I knew that he had at least a few work experiences, but um, even the family didn't know he had 10. <laughs> oh, well, 10 in work experiences. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really phenomenal. And um, one thing I really love about this before I do the employment plan is making sure everybody knows who everybody else is and um, figuring out, you know, what each other are doing too, because then it's a team effort. And in this this case, it worked out so perfectly because we had an employment goal right away, production assistant. We knew this were these were jobs where he really thrived at and he was really interested in and he wanted to, to do this kind of work. And then on top of that, there were work experiences I could go in and shadow even after we, we implemented the employment plan. And so from there, I knew that what kind of services I was going to need. And so I drafted that individualized plan for employment and we were off to the races. Um, and for this person, through that brainstorming with that entire team, I got him a job. I, I did the job development myself and I got him a job within a few months well, based on our brain initial brainstorming ideas. And so that was kind of it was wonderful it, that it worked out so seamlessly. Um, and there were challenges along the way. There were some language barriers. Um, there were some challenges with communication. Um, there were um, job coaching needs. Um, and there was, this is a rural community as well. Um, so, but despite all of those barriers, there's barriers in every single circumstance. We're able to come up with an employment goal that fit this individual's needs and preferences and interests. And um, I hope that yeah, that's great. And he's, great working to, and he's working today. Yeah. I mean, gosh, more than six months now. So. Yeah, that's great. So, Brad, what about you? So when I was thinking about this question, I had to go back to the days when I was actually a vocational rehabilitation counselor. And so um, the person that I started thinking about um, worked with her and her family and her personal agent probably a little over four years ago. And um, this was a person that had had a few jobs in her life, um, but had taken an extended break um, from working just based on personal choice and then um, just some other needs in her life. And so um, when she started getting interested in employment again, uh, the personal agent connected up with me and we didn't even do where, okay, let's do an application to VR or anything. It was more, let's just sit down and talk and, you know, talk about what it is that she may need as a person, um, what it is that she'd be looking for um, in relation to employment, but kind of really exploring the why, but, you know, knowing the 
personal agent knowing um, this particular person, she knew that she needed to get comfortable with new people in her world. So that's why we were like, okay, let's sit down a couple of times and just talk. And so it was this person and her mom and dad and the personal agent. And we just started visiting about what she did for work previously. Um, who had helped her get some other jobs. So there was a job development agency in town that was um, still up and running and doing things. And so where we landed is did an application to VR after getting to know her a little bit. Um, and then we did a person-centered plan and the personal agent led the person-centered plan. And this was really the start of the framework for the plan of employment. Um, had tried to get some of her previous co-workers and everything um, to come to the person-centered plan meeting, but then they weren't able to. So this person, with help of her mom, were able to gather some information from them to feed into this process. And so we were able to identify some of the needs that were going to be in place that needed to get built into the plan for employment. So transportation was one. Um, her and her family had moved to a um, new house, and so it was a couple miles from a bus line person was independent to ride the bus, but getting from the house to where an actual bus could pick her up, she wasn't able to do in her power drive chair. And so we had to be thinking through this. And so then we also were able to bring in the previous um, job developer into the person-centered planning process and, you know, have them hear the fresh information of what's gone on the last 10 years, you know, in this person's world. They were very familiar with her and helped her get a couple jobs before, supported her in those jobs. Um, but all that through the person-centered plan process, we were able to create the plan for employment. So got to be able to do some creative things. So job development and the interest area for vocational goal, office work and everything is what she wanted to do. Those were pretty straightforward. The fun part was figuring out how to get from home to the bus stop, ride the bus into from a small town outside of Eugene, ride the bus in. But once she got there, she was able to maneuver and do everything that she needed to get for meetings with the job developer, go out and meet employers and do those things. So um, this was one of the first times that I got to do adaptive equipment for a family's vehicle to be able to transport the wheelchair and um, the person to the bus stop, get out of the car, get on the bus, trying to create as much independence as possible. But it really laid out the plan for employment. So, um, you know, had that opportunity of just, there was a bunch of moving parts that we were able to figure out even, you know, prior to creating the plan for employment through the person-centered planning process with the team working together. So it seems like the, the bottom line is there is no cookie cutter approach to any of this. This is all the yeah. person their goals, their interests, it's all about making it as person-centered as possible. It's it. That's right. You yeah. know, not only outlining, you know, making sure that the plan is addressing barriers, even non-disability related barriers like transportation, right? right. Um, but also the interests and how we're going to get to that job too, whether it's with training or if it is with job development and job coaching or adaptive technology and training. That's great. Well, thank you, Brad and Ashley, for both being on the Employment First podcast today. Really appreciate your time. And uh, thank you again for listening and for joining us. Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org.